Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Welcome to Crossroads Church. Glad you're here with us in person or online. It is always a pleasure to be with you and to read and study God's Word together. Look in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to be reading from from verses 22 to 25. And and we're going to be looking at a passage that if you've been in church your whole life, you, you, might, you might remember it. If you maybe, maybe haven't read this story in a while or maybe never heard it before, it's the story where Jesus is, is on a boat and, and he calms the sea. He calms a big storm. And so I just want to look at this with a little bit of a fresh perspective this morning and, uh, and kind of go through this with you. Um, so it's Luke chapter 8, verse 22 to 25. The Bible says that one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side to the, of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was, was filling with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. And then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. And, and so this passage has been, been taught, preached, um, dissected, and, and usually it ties in with the idea of how powerful he is. It's, it's a representation of his divinity because he's able to calm the, uh, he's able to do uh, what is a natural occurrence like a, a storm. Uh, he's able to calm that. Now, um, there's, I've heard it said that, uh, that you can seed clouds and cause rain. I know scientists have been playing with all kinds of ways to change or affect weather patterns uh, to make them more favorable for places that are desert climates or, or areas that have too much rain. And there's, there's always this, this idea of, oh, if, if I could just control the weather. This has been one of those summers here in our state where we're like if we could just control the weather so many days where there wasn't it wasn't raining and 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 now we're seeing clouds and it's been raining more often and we're like wow we missed it and and the grass is starting to grow again but if we could have changed anything this summer as it were related to weather we would have wanted more rain we would have wanted to control that well Jesus controls the weather he controls the storm in this story and, and then there's a faith lesson as well. Um, but the Bible uh, talks about how the disciples who had been following Jesus were, were, were leaving one place of where they were serving to go to another place because Jesus was going around to different villages where he was making known the kingdom of God. And he was letting everyone know of the goodness of God through healing, through, through his teaching, through uh, through his presence in each of these villages. So these disciples were all in. I mean, in this case, they're definitely all in the boat, but they're all in with Jesus. And, and here they are on the boat. Now, many of them were fishermen, so they knew how to navigate these waters. 
But something was, a, was it was this once-in-a-lifetime storm. It was, this, it was a big storm that, that they felt like they could not control. And, and, and so when you see a fisherman or you see someone who, is, who really knows how to navigate and, and, and to chart uh, the course and to really handle a boat, then they're coming up to someone who is the son of a carpenter. I mean, you know, that means they're coming up to Jesus and they're saying, we're going to drown. The ship is going down. We're sinking. This storm is bigger than us. We need your help. But the type of help that they're looking for is the water. The boat was taking on water. And so if you've ever been in a boat that took on a little water, and I've been on a couple of boats, little small canoes uh, in the Amazon that started to take on water. And what they would do is they take a little plastic cup and they would just scoop it out. Now, a lot of times these boats would continue to leak a little bit of water. But this had gone beyond the, their ability to, to maintain and keep it afloat. And so they go to Jesus and they're terrified. This storm is not just a storm. This storm is turned into something fierce. Um, uh, now, it's probably not fair to say this is a tornado. Uh, this is not a hurricane. This is a, um, this is, but this is a fierce storm that, I mean, there's different terms for different types of, of storms that pop up. Um, but one of the things I wanted to mention and compare it to a tornado is that not every storm is a tornado. You can have a rainstorm that will dump inches and inches of rain on a given place, but it's not necessarily a tornado. Yes, it's, it's a storm, Yes, it's, or it's a, it's a thunderstorm, or it's a rainstorm, but it's not a tornado. This is bigger than the average storm. But I want to I bring your attention to something. Not every storm is a tornado. Not every storm has 160 plus miles, of, uh, miles an hour winds that are beating down on an area. And in, in, in this particular place, the storm was bigger than their ability to control. Now, a lot of times you and I would say, I'm going through storms or seasons in my life where it feels like I'm in a storm. I, I just wanted to say this. That I think we have, as humans, we have this, this propensity to, to say, oh, I'm going, through a sea, I'm going through a storm in my life. And yet maybe it is a storm. But not every storm is a tornado. I, I remember living up in, in, in the mountains of Virginia, and, and we, didn't, we were pretty much insulated and isolated from, from uh, events such as tornadoes. But I remember there was this one year where, uh, where a hurricane came through, um, hit the coast, and, and it spawned all these little tornadoes that would hit the area. And it hit our around, it was actually hit behind our house. And there was this one place, there was this one particular tree that I liked to climb up and I hunted in that tree. And, uh, and it was, the limbs were so big, you didn't have to actually build anything to climb. You just could climb right up and it was it was my, I love this tree. In fact, I thought I was the only one who had discovered this tree. Now you have to imagine in a, in a, in a forest or in the woods, there's lots of trees. So it's, and if a lot of trees look alike, I probably was the only person that had ever sat in that tree. But that tree, surrounded by many other trees, gave me this great view of the, of the, of the, of the mountain going down or the hill going down. 
And, and so I could see when the deer would work their way up the trail. And, and so I remember after the, hor- the, the, the hurricane, the, the, or which spawned the tornado, it, was, uh, it happened. And the, they didn't name the tornadoes. They just, because these tornadoes came off of Hurricane Hugo. And I went back to go to my hunting spot in the fall, and the tree was gone. It was a once-in-a-lifetime storm that created all these little tornadoes that destroyed things in its path. Um, It disrupted life. Uh, It took life. But I, I say that to say not every storm is a tornado. Not every storm is a hurricane. Uh, some are, 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 are not as big, and yet we blow them up and we say, no, it's, it's, it's just too, it's more than I can handle. Now, the disciples got to that point, and they said, this is more than I can handle. But I just want to remind you, not every storm is a tornado, and not every ship is sinking. You ever felt like you're just like, I'm sinking, and, and, I, and I just don't know what to do. Um, Sometimes that just depends on our personalities. We can assume that, that we feel like something is, our, our lives are crashing and everything's going wrong for us. And, and sometimes we exaggerate those things. But not every storm is a tornado and not every ship is sinking. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 69, verse 14, and the, prayer of, the prayer of the psalmist to God was, and it was led in, it turned into a song, was, rescue me from the mud and do not let me sink. May I be rescued from those who hate me and from the depths of the water. The psalmist was praying this prayer of, I feel like I'm sinking. And uh, whether, whether it's true or not that not every ship is sinking, I mean, it's, it is true because if every ship sank, then we would have, never have products that come this way. But, but not every problem is a tornado and not every time something bad happens to you it, is your ship really sinking, is your life sinking down. But that feels like despair to us. And, and, and God has an answer for that. And we see that a little later in that story that I read. But the two that jump out at me the most are, are Jonah. I mean, you, you want to talk about someone who, who sank to the depths of the sea. It was the one who was swallowed by the, the, the giant fish that many have assumed had to have been a whale. Um, but, but Jonah sank deeper and deeper and deeper. In fact... He sank so deep that he felt like he was not going to make it. Um, Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you are going through something like that. The disciples were at that moment where the ship is really sinking. And and that's where we need discernment. Uh, Because if not, we're going to, if everything feels like a, a, a tornado or every experience that we go through feels like a ship is sinking, then, then, then maybe we need to ask God for discernment. But another example is when Peter jumped out of the boat and, and tried to walk on water. And he did for a little bit, and then he saw all the storms around him. He took his eyes off Jesus, and he started to sink. And, and he called out for help, and Jesus extended his hand and pulled him up. He was really sinking. Not every storm that you face is a tornado. And not every ship or every bad moment that you're facing is a sinking moment. Not every storm is really that big, and I mean by that big, the that that we see in Luke chapter 8, where the disciples are, are, are scared. 
I mean, I do think as Christians, we're going to face problems and trials and tribulations, but we're also just going to face some life. And, and we've got to un- need to understand, is this, a, is this a storm of the century? Or is this just part of the world I'm living in and learn to control those motions because God will help us control them. There, there's a story that, that's found in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus tells a parable. He says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, uh, I'm sorry, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. He, he, the, Jesus tells a parable about how the rains will come and the floods will rise and the winds will beat against the house of the righteous or the unrighteous, the godly and the ungodly alike. Um, but, but it's a parable. He's trying to say that there are going to be rains and wind and flooding in your life. There are going to be these big storms. But not every storm is a big storm. But I tell you what, if there's any lesson to be had in the parable uh, that, and, and tying it into the other story, which, first of all, there, the, there are plenty of lessons in this. But if there's a way to t- connect the two, I, I would say this. We need to understand that, that, that he says, if you just hear these words of mine and you put them into action, then you've got this foundation that will help you when the storms are beating against your life. Not every storm is a big storm, but a big storm does come. It comes for every one of us. Not every ship is sinking, but eventually there are moments when our lives do feel like they're sinking, like the psalmist wrote. Not every storm is a tornado, but when a tornado comes, there is a solution. Uh, The scripture says, how's your house built? Is it built on the sand? Is it built on something that shifts? Is it built on, on, a, on a thinking, an ideology, a way of life that really is, is, is most likely to sink or to fall or to come crumbling down because it doesn't have a strong foundation? We've got to discern. How is my life built? Can it withstand the storm of the century? Can it stand the floods, will it be able to, to, to stay above the floodwaters? I said it before, not every problem is that big. Not every burden is that big. I think that's a fair statement. But not every problem is really that big. But not every burden is that big. But, but I want to say this. If it's burdening you, if you feel like it's overtaking you, overcoming you, if you feel like it's become a tornado, if you feel like you are now sinking, if you feel like it is that big that you're crumbling, then that's big enough. That's big enough uh, to, to weigh you down, to, to affect your, your, your demeanor, your hope. The Bible has this verse, and I really did all of this to get to this verse. The verse is, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. 
Cast your burden on the Lord. Cast your tornado. Cast your sinking ship. Cast that, that feeling that where you've set up your life is now in the way of rains and flooding and sinking. And these winds that are blowing against your life. He says, whatever it is, whatever it is that's gotten that big for you, cast it upon him. And that word cast is used multiple times in the New Testament, of course. But when I think of the word cast, I think about a a fisherman who would cast his net and throw it out there um, to, to, to catch fish. It spread broadly. It spread out there in a big area. And then when it pulls up, it has a greater chance of catching something. He says, cast your burden on the Lord. So when I think of cast, I don't think of a fishing line that's cast. I think of a big net. When you and I are casting our burdens, we're casting, we're casting a bigger problem to the Lord. It's a wide, we're spreading it out wide so he has a chance to respond. And the scripture says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. In other words, I'm there. I, I, I see that you feel like this is a big storm. I see that you think this is a tornado. And, and, and maybe God uh, gives us perspective at the moment and says, no, nah, this is not that big. Or maybe it is that big. But either way, he says, cast your burdens on the Lord. And Peter in the New Testament says this, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Growing up, I don't think I ever heard of the word panic attack. I never heard of people who had to take medicine for anxiety. I never heard of those things. But now it's very common. Uh, everything from mental health to, uh, to, to medicines that are needed and, and people to talk to. And I believe all of those things God can use uh, for, the, for the healing of a person. But I don't remember the words anxiety as much. Maybe worry was the word that took place, took its place in those days. But Peter says, cast them all on the Lord. Whether it's a tornado or it's a little breeze. Whether it's sinking or you just stepped into a mud puddle. Whether it's a big storm or just a little passing wind. Not every burden's that big, but if it's big enough for you, if it's big enough for you, that it's burdening you and causing you problems, then he says, cast all of your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. When I read the story of Jesus calming the storm, I, uh, I mean, I, I think of, of, of how powerful he is to, to just speak and the storms stop. Um, but I think the thing that most intrigues me about this passage is that Jesus is asleep on the boat. Now, you don't sleep comfortably um, if you're worried. Jesus isn't worried. Um, Now, you could say, well, his physical body, he was exhausted. He couldn't keep going. And and maybe that was true because he's going from village to village, town to town. He's dealing with every manner and every, every classification of problem. And he's taking care of each of them. He's speaking constantly, so he probably is worn out. But he's there. And the disciples, they go and they wake him up and they say, we need your help. They're thinking they need help to to bail out the water. But Jesus is giving them perspective. 
I don't know what storm you're in and if it's a if it's a tornado this morning or if it's just something smaller and I don't know if if your life is really sinking uh, deep down or you just have maybe as I said earlier just stepped in a mud puddle I'm, I'm not sure if your storm is that big um, but I can tell you this if it has become now a burden for you I want you to know this he's not asleep he is awake and, and the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The, what we need to know this morning, if, if, if you're in a storm, and if it's big to you, that's big enough. It might not be a tornado for someone else who's looking at it, but it's big enough for you because it's become a burden for you. He says, cast that, throw that, give it to me. Give it to me. I'm awake. And in return, what he gives us, the scripture says, is the peace of God. The peace of God is all we need. It surpasses all our understanding. It guards our hearts. It guards our minds. Um, the last verse I wanted to read you is from another psalm. It's Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4. He says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not sleep or slumber. Uh, the ESV uses the word slumber. He will not slumber, but he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I jumped ahead of myself. Jesus is not groggy. He, he's not, he doesn't need a, a sip of five-hour energy. He's not, he's not slumping on you. He's wide awake. And he says, if your burden has become too great for you, give it to me. I'd like to take care of it. Let's pray. God, I, uh, I go back to the one verse I read, casting all of our cares on you. Lord, if there's anyone that's hearing this message today and they're just, uh, their storms have now turned into tornadoes and their ship is really sinking, they're feeling too overwhelmed with what they're facing, God, I pray that today as they cast it on you, that you would give them the peace that you promised. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.